and welcome to the Cinema Show, where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. What's up? And the lovely Lori. The lovely Lori. Hello, my movie maniacs. How's everyone doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I could be better. I just saw Army of the Dead. Oh, Don't show your hand. Too early now, Jackson. All right, I'll save it. <laughs> uh, we got a movie review for you. That's right, we're going to be reviewing Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. But before we get to that, we have quite a handful of movie news to break for you guys here. The Golden Globes, they are canceled. Literally. They, they really are this time. It's not the Twitter kind of cancel. It's NBC will not be showing the Golden Globes next year for 2022. And we have a quote here. Let me read it real quick. And this comes from the, this comes from NBC actually. And it says, we continue to believe that the HFPA is committed to meaningful reform. Uh, However, change of this magnitude takes time and work. And we feel strongly that the HFPA needs to do it right. As such, NBC will not air the 2022 Golden Globes, assuming the organization executes on its plan. We are hopeful we will be in a position to air the show in January 2023. So, I guess context, because this quote doesn't really say much. So, this is news to me on how the Hollywood Foreign Press Association worked. So apparently, unlike the Academy, which is, I want to say, like, over 10,000 or I think over 10,000 members, which make up different types of filmmakers. You're talking about actors, directors, writers, so on and so forth. Sound designers, film editors, costume designers. For the Golden Globes, um, <laughs> it is made up of a little over 80 members. And they are film journalists that are based out in L.A. Uh, And this is news to me. I had no idea that was the case when it came to the Hollywood Foreign Press here. But it also looks like Warner Media has joined Netflix and Amazon in cutting ties with with the HFPA. This is... uh, (laughs) I mean, there's been criticism of the Hollywood Foreign Press for... Quite a while. I mean, uh, I guess right now what people have been pointing out is the lack of diversity in this Hollywood foreign press, uh, the association. Uh, people have been saying for the past 20 years there hasn't been a person of color that has been a part of this group. And also, I know recently Scarlett Johansson came out saying that she has been asked somewhat sexist questions from the Hollywood foreign press. So, from what I have been reading these past couple of days, the Hollywood Foreign Press is problematic? I don't know. I- I'm still trying to decide on that. But uh, yeah, your thoughts. No, it's it's a very corrupt organization. Um, they have uh, taken bribes in the form of gifts and uh, hotel suites, uh, five-star hotels that are thousands of dollars per night. And they've taken these uh, from studios to nominate some films or TV shows that 
otherwise were critically panned and weren't really that well received and yet they're nominated for two, three, four Golden Globes that year and there's no nominations anywhere else. Members have had to return bottles of cologne that were over the the price limit for gifts. Um, There was one year where all of the members were flown out to this island and were treated on behalf of this one movie and this one studio. Uh, So it's very... uh, If you get a good foot in the door with the Hollywood Foreign Press, you're pretty much guaranteed a nomination or two. Even if your product, at the end of the day, is less than stellar. Jackson, you went full investigator mode. You're like an auditor. That was scary how much you knew. I know. Where did you, (laughs) like, like... Was this the Time uh, article that was released, the investigation? Uh, I haven't read any articles. I actually found this all out from this YouTube channel I watch uh, called The Oscar Expert, uh, where they, they're huge fanatics about the Academy, and they love everything about it. They get so caught up in the awards season, and uh, they are also, because of that, uh, super into the Golden Globes because it's a precursor. It's like the first big award show before the Academy and the Academy often looks to the Globes. It's a whole thing. They had listed all these things from like since like 2010, just from the past 10 years. And that's only a few instances of what they had brought up. So there's even more that I, I didn't say. And it, it just goes to paint a not pretty picture of the Hollywood foreign press. So the most recent controversy has been coming from the Times article expose that was written mm. uh, by a journalist, which con- uncovered a lot of the dealings and the practicings going on with the Golden Globes uh, and the foreign press. So this is something that's been around. It, it's not just the Golden Globes. It's been around with all award shows since the beginning of award shows. Uh, there's always the uh, campaigning, if you will, for your film or your movie. That's actually common practice. Uh, I know they're saying that's what they're shutting it down for, but I don't buy that. Uh, I think that that's all movies, you know, in a way or another. All the bigger studios are, of course, able to smooth a little bit more. What got them in trouble, <laughs> it's not as much uh, uh, the campaigning it's not as much, and I know they're really getting, it started with the hashtag Me Too movement, the hashtag Time's Up movement, Black Lives Matter, diversity, everything's been being thrown at them lately. But hey, these are things that have also been thro- getting thrown at them since the 60s, when people started refusing awards at these things. So that's not even new. The biggest thing that the Times article revealed is what's at the root of most things, And that's that they got in trouble financially from the government. And that's why people are starting to distance distance themselves because people are going to start to get arrested and charges are going to be brought up for uh, misappropriation of funds within this organization. And let's get that straight. Because at the end of the day, people will start to distance themselves and they'll cancel and they'll try to say, oh, we're going to cancel because of this, which has been going on, you know, since we started. But we're going to cancel this because it's been going on since things. No, no, no. They're distancing themselves because it's time to pay the piper and people are going to prison. Dang. Yeah. Talk about a domino effect. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Multifaceted all around. And I guess it just all culminates in the government finally like, hey, guys, how's it going? 
at the root of any controversy, I always look, okay, where's the money? That's usually, that's usually where you'll find the grid of it. Like, okay, why now? Why at this instant? What's going on right now? You're like, oh, wait, there is a government investigation going in, like that's going on with the Golden Globes and the foreign press right now for misappropriated funds. Ah, okay, got it. It's so crazy how like surface level on all the like news outlets, what they've been headlining is all the social issues that. The foreign Hollywood foreign press, that's the real problem here. But it's always funny how it's all roots to money. It's all rooted to money. Yeah, yeah, when the bill comes in, you better pay up. Now, I'm trying to see if this is a little bit of hypocrisy because, like I said, they have been complaining about people of color not being a part of the association for the past 20 years. And for me, it's like, why did it take so long to bring it up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when shit hit the fan... Why is it time to now bring up all these other problems? It, it wasn't. It's bad enough that they had some financial hardships, isn't it? That's that's very scummy of Hollywood. That's kind of like of eating their own. Who's to say the Academy isn't rigged? I mean, Green Book. It is. Well, yeah, the Academy is just as guilty. It's just as guilty, and so is the Screen Actors Guild. They're all guilty. They all do it. They call it campaigning. They all mm-hmm. do it. The difference is the Academy actually paid their bill on time. <laughs> That's all. That's exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Somebody didn't pay the taxes. <laughs> and it's just so crazy how NBC just went ahead and dropped them just like that, but also left the window open, open of saying, oh, we'll, we'll catch you in 2023. I don't know. Like, is it giving them that? It's so weird. It's like canceling them, but not canceling yeah. them. Yeah, they they just have to put a they're from what I understood, yes, they're fully intending to bring it back. But with NBC, but, yeah. it's kind of a uh, having its cake and eating it too, where we want to be we want to look like the good guy and shoo them away, but we'll bring them back maybe. Because they still want to, you know, yeah. jack themselves off at the beginning of the next year and be like, "Look how great all these artists are." And all the glitz and glam, they still want that to be there. That's not going away. They don't want that to go away. They're just doing this under the uh, under the guise of like, we're giving them a break to do what they need to do. And then maybe if they're good enough by then, maybe then they can come back. Let's all be very honest about performers and anybody that's in the arts, any in the creators, directors, performers, any part of it. Uh, look, we're like Tinkerbell. If we don't get recognition, we will die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is a part of it. (laughs) But I, for one, I've always enjoyed the Golden Globes. You know, the Golden Globes is like the drunk uncle that when he doesn't show up to the family gatherings, (laughs) it's not very, uh, he is missed, (laughs) but you are kind of glad he went away. You know, he's kind of racist. You know, he always he always drinks way there's always way too much alcohol involved with at you know when he's there. He's always slipping those mm-hmm. extra shots. Uh he always makes some sort of inappropriate advance on your girlfriend. He makes the gathering a little exciting. Is there a fight gonna yeah. break out because of him? Like it keeps exactly. you on your toes. Uh it's not necessarily uh he's not a good person by any means, but without him, it's just a boring uh family gathering. So I, for one, am going to miss the Golden Globes. I am, too. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be weird without them this next award season. Because, like, what's going to be the first major award show? Is it the Screen Actors Guild? Because yeah. that's going to be weird. <laughs> or the Critics' Choice, you know? It's it's weird to not have the Golden Globes. Because you always have, like, the first, like, all right, we're doing... It's based, It's the poor man's Oscars, quote-unquote, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if the Golden Globes do something that not a lot of people agree with there's still that time to make that shift in voting or or what have you excuse me yeah it it, it's definitely going to be a weird year without them yeah it's funny because we're coming off of the oscars and how we all felt about the oscars (laughs) we kind of said it was it felt like watching the golden globes yeah so maybe the oscars next year will just take their place (laughs) from this past year it looks like they are and it's so funny. What if next year we this whole culture that we've created will now point their fingers at the Oscars? Who's to say they won't do the same thing saying, hey, look, these Academy members, they had all these extravagant trips to the set of Avatar 2. And lo and behold, it's nominated for 10 Oscars. Um, you know, I would love to walk into that room because it's just like, you know, walking into the Oscars like, guys. They're going to cancel y'all if y'all don't change. Okay, okay, let's change. Let's do a 180. What do we got to do? Same thing with the Oscars. Hey, guys, they're going to cancel y'all if y'all don't change. And the Golden Globes just looking up at them and being like, nah, just cancel it. Just cancel it. We No, no, we're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just not doing it. No, no. We we know ourselves. You're, you asked We had much. it coming. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Let's just take a year off, see if this whole thing dies down. We'll come back. <laughs> Honestly, that may just be it. it. They may just just take the year off and change nothing behind the scenes. That's the most gangsta move. Let's <laughs> 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 just say, like, nah. You want us to change? No, no, no. We're going to take a year off, and we'll wait for you <laughs> to change. <laughs> yeah, so much for the Hollywood foreign press. They're all in L.A., I mean, do we have, I mean, it would be great to get some commentary, though. You know, funny thing is, I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but I am actually good friends with somebody who is very familiar with the foreign press. Uh, She's actually a French actress, uh, retired, of course, now. But I don't know if y'all are familiar with uh, Bridget Bardot. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, it would be great to get her on. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And I actually Yeah, I'd love to meet her. her. Let me go ahead. Uh, she's going to get on now. Oh, sweet. All right. Give me, give me one second. Hello? Hello? Am I on? Is someone there? Hi, yes. Hello? Hey. Ah, yeah, uh, Miss Bardot? Bonjour, bonjour. Wait, is it uh, Mademoiselle Bordeaux? Oui, oui, Mademoiselle. Yes, I am still. Do not get mistaken. I might be old, but I am very virile. What I lack in 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 youth, I make up for with willingness to experiment. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. We actually uh, we need some perspective on this whole situation with the Hollywood Forum Press. So uh, maybe you could clear things up for them. Oh yes, I am a representative. I've won many awards uh, awarded to me through the. the Hollywood Forum Press, and you know, they are traditional, um, and uh, everybody say, oh, they are dated, and you know, that uh, they, they, they criticize 
Alpha Editions, and um, Harry Weinstein was uh, he was the first to be the uh, cancelled in the culture, and now uh, the Golden Globes are getting cancelled. Um, yes, yeah, so the Golden Globes, um, right. Mademoiselle, I. Right. I hope you could clear some things up here. Uh, there's rumors saying that the Hollywood Foreign Press, they have been asking sexist questions to certain actresses. Uh, you know, you know a woman, woman is uh, desirable. It is a part of being a woman. If you do not get catcalled, if you do not get, um, uh, say, sexy time talk, then are you even woman? Thank you for not answering that question. Um. Okay. <laughs> next one. I. Uh, this one has been bugging me a little bit. Uh. For the past twenty okay. years, there haven't been a person of color in the association. Uh. Could you explain why that hasn't been? Oh no, there have been plenty. I went to a Hollywood phone press party. Uh, yeah, in the Hollywood Hills. And I had a sweet menage a trois, menage a trois. Okay. With, uh, Sidney Poitier and Josephine Baker. Menage a trois. Okay. You don't have, okay. Okay. Well, I, I think that, I think you answered plenty. Uh, thank uh, you. Well, I've got one question. Oh, so, uh, uh, yes. Uh, last, last and final question. Uh, we've got uh, Tom Cruise, uh, arguably one of, if not the biggest movie star still working today. Uh, he has returned all three of his Golden Globes that he's won over the, over the course of his career. That's right. Mm. And uh, just... What are your thoughts on that? That that's a pretty big move, don't you think? Oh, he's a he's a very small he's a big move, but he's such a small man. He's a very small man. He came to my chateau, and he uh he, I, he's like a little fluffy himself. He was probably mad because it was bigger than him, no? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mademoiselle oh! Bordeaux. Uh, we would love to have you back on uh, to clarify other things, uh, maybe when you're sober. Oh, anytime, anytime. Oh, no, and I'm sober, I sleep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, Mademoiselle Bordeaux. Au revoir, au revoir. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, uh, Lori, thanks for uh, doing that for us. I, I appreciate that. No, anytime. Uh, she did have to get back. They do have to give her her medication now. I did not realize that she was so close to medication time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nearly bedtime. It's almost eight o'clock. Yes. Yeah, so if she made any off-color comments, uh, it was probably due to her mental state, and I apologize for that. But uh, she is a legend. She is a legend. Yes, and we love her for that. Never yes. change. Never no, change. no, she doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> All right. Well. I, I think we got everything cleared up pretty much. Let's hope. Hopefully, the well, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Hopefully, they clean up their act, and we'll see them in 2023, like a uh, drunk uncle fresh out of rehab. Yes, I can't wait. He'll Golden Globes woke. And if the Golden Globes won't celebrate a variety of actor and actresses, maybe Ryan Johnson will. We have some casting news for. The Knives Out sequel. We have some big names here. Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, 
Janelle Monet and Catherine Hahn kicking off the cast here. And what a great start. Talk about a diverse cast list already. I never mm-hmm. thought I would have seen Dave Bautista and Edward Norton in the same movie. Yeah, it feels like a fever dream. <laughs> Granted, the last movie felt like that too. You had such a, a mishmash of actors and actresses in that movie. And it's great. The first movie's great. And with just these four preliminary cast members announced, I, I can't wait to see who else is in this movie. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. All of them are awesome. I, I think it's going to be a great combination. Um, and I'm getting more and more excited for it. Yeah, the biggest one for me is Katherine Hahn. And of course, coming off of WandaVision, and she did fantastic throughout that show. I thought she was the standout. And yeah, when I saw her name... On the news article, I was jumping with glee. I'm so excited for her and the types of moves she's making post WandaVision. And I knew that type of role would just catapult her to bigger and better things. And it's nice to see her here. No, she's amazing. Ever since WandaVision, I like I was always she was that actress that I think we were always in love with. Mm-hmm. And then WandaVision just took her to a whole nother level. And we remembered seeing her in a role that truly made, like, let her express her range. It was just like, wow. Because now I keep going back to things that she did before that. I was mm-hmm. like, I always loved her. I always thought she was amazing. But they did have her in these side parts. And this one they finally gave her. Because I didn't see her part as Agatha. I didn't see it as a side part at all. It was definitely mm-hmm. a main character part. She held her own. Mm-hmm. And with the Scarlet Witch. And I was just like, I just thought perfection. She, she held her own and I think eclipsed, you know, Elizabeth Olsen when it came to that. She just stole that show. And now I kind of look at all of her stuff from before. I'm just loving it even more. I recently watched um, Bad Moms again. I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, she was the best part of that. Yeah, a movie for me that I always go to is Step Brothers. Anytime yeah. she pops up oh my God, in that movie, yeah. every scene she is in just knocks it out of the park love her <laughs> love 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 her yeah one well, and i can't wait for this to uh come out and hopefully maybe we'll get to see this in theaters and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to our review but first before we get into that let's talk about some trailers real quick we have the venom 2 or venom let there be carnage this is not our first time seeing woody harrelson in the movie that was in the post credit scene of the first movie, but we get a first look at the famous villain Carnage. And of course, in the cast, you have Tom Hardy as your lead, your anti-hero, Eddie Brock slash Venom. We have, I think, Michelle Williams is in this movie as well. I think we saw like a glimpse of her here, but I'm pretty sure she's back. And yeah, what did you all think of the trailer? It looks like more of the first movie, which is dumb fun. And I honestly bring it on. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember watching this with you guys, uh, Hugh and and Robin over there from the Grand Slam. Back in the heyday, we we went to watch this movie and we had we went in thinking it was just going to be a horrible uh, one off movie and yeah, kind of run-of-the-mill, nothing real spectacular. And it was one of those terribly bad movies. It was funny. And I think based off this trailer, they really hammed it up with that. Because I'm pretty sure if you go back to the trailers for the first Venom movie, 
it wasn't playing up that uh, that style. They they were taking themselves very seriously when it came to the marketing. And it wasn't until you went into the movie, like us, is when you to- got a totally different type of movie. It, it was goofy. It was like a, a B-movie comedy, yet rated R. It kind of felt like an 80s movie, like an 80s B-movie. And I think here in this trailer, right off the bat, it just, it owned up to that. And I could appreciate when a movie does that, especially when it comes to the marketing. I'm glad Andy Serkis, who I keep forgetting is directing this damn movie. Andy Serkis is in the directing chair. Gollum himself. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad he realized the, the strengths from the first one and he's dialing it up to 11. Having the sitcom kind of Venom and Eddie Brock cooking breakfast together and it just looks like shit. <laughs> it, uh, give me more of that. That's what I want out of this movie. Yeah. Thinking back to the first movie, I don't remember Venom being voiced by Louis Armstrong. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I have an opinion. Of course not. The first trailer for the first one, it was dark as heck. It came out and it was just like, we really want this rated R, blah, blah, blah. They were really pushing for that rated R. They were really pushing for it. And mm-hmm. uh, no, you're absolutely right. The first trailer did not do it justice as far as what its strengths were. And I think it realized it this time and then it pushed it. I'm just like, wow, wow. Why is this giving me such a Deadpool vibe? Yeah. And Very I was just so. like, they're they're really hopping on that train. You're like, oh, you know what? We went to we went to middle of the road last time. This time we're gonna really push it up until the point where they're walking in, and you know they had ordered something. He's like, oh, the lady's like, we don't have it. He's like, I'm gonna eat her. You know, the Venom <laughs> character says he's yeah. gonna eat the yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, okay, and I was like, but they they definitely are taking a completely different take with this one. But that voice is killing me. and see i wasn't thinking louis armstrong i was thinking more fat albert (laughs) yeah especially with the food like you know yeah Yeah, maybe because he was singing at the beginning uh while making breakfast i was getting that louis armstrong sound but you bring up andy circus as being the director here and i wonder if he's going to implement his own experience from stop motion work you know, as Gollum and uh, Caesar from the Planet of the Apes movies. And I wonder if he's going to be the type of director to kind of guide Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson in their motion capture performance, if they even are doing motion capture for their uh, symbiote counterparts. I wonder if that's going to be a thing. It'd be great if they did. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the movie. But do you think there will be motion capture when they turn into uh, Venom and Carnage? I hope so. Just for the sole reason that it's Andy Serkis directing, uh, he will really be able to tell these actors what they need to hear and how to let them know how to really get into the understanding motion capture because no one does it like him. Mm -hmm. He's greatest of all time when it comes to motion capture acting. So I think they chose him for a reason uh, and it would be weird to not do any motion capture with him directing. Yeah. Uh, so I I really do hope so. I'm just glad that they changed his wig, Woody Harrelson's wig. <laughs> he looked like a clown. He looked like Carrot Top in the first movie. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I completely agree. I, I think that, you know, go with what you know. And I think, yeah, with him at the helm, they're definitely going to do that. Uh, but I'm excited. I can't wait to see this. 
Yeah, me too. And mm-hmm. honestly, I love Woody Harrelson, and I think him being casted as Carnage slash uh, Cletus so Cassidy is perfect because as much as I love Woody Harrelson, if I never knew who he was, given all his work as an actor, and I saw him, maybe we shared an elevator, I would be a little scared because Woody Harrelson is great <laughs> at giving those creepy looks. Let's be honest. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Yeah, he was definitely giving me some natural born killer vibes. Yes. In there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also, you know, the huge backstory with him and his whole like struggle in life and getting past what he came from because, you know, his father was a murderer. I did not know that. Yeah. Woody Harrelson's father uh, was a murderer. I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if he got the death sentence. I don't know if he was actually executed. But huh. uh, yeah. Yeah. And growing up, it happened when he was younger and growing up and when he first started his acting career, he was this cute, wide-eyed, innocent kid. But he said that it was this huge struggle, especially when he got cast in the role uh, of natural born killers. Part of the reason that he was able to kind of really go to a special place with that role, it's considered one of his best roles, uh, is because he said that he thought a lot about his father. Oh, wow. So we might get yeah. that again here with this movie. Yeah. I didn't know that about him. Wow, I, I kind of feel bad now. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? As far... I mean, we've been talking about, like, what's to come in the movie and what we expect. But I, I'll i be honest, the trailer itself, even though it was more self-aware of the type of movie it wanted to be, I was just kind of meh about the trailer in general. I'm glad it embraced it being a goofy B-movie. But aside from that, I... I I don't know. It it just uh, it was a little underwhelming, especially with Carnage coming into the picture. We only see him like maybe twice, but again, it's a teaser. Well, it's a trailer, and damn if you do, damn if you don't, because I always complain they showed too much, and then now I'm complaining that they showed too little. So yeah, I mean, there, it does feel like there's a piece missing without Spider Man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're having this whole you're bringing Carnage into the world, yeah, and you don't even have Spider Man here. But then you also have to remember there's Michael Keaton who was teased oh. in the first teaser that we had. Oh, no. Actually, wasn't that for Morbius? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. But either way, I'm excited. Venom Let There Be Carnage comes out on September 24th, 2021. And they're advertising that it's only going to be in theaters. Yeah, things are getting better. So I'm sure by then there will be more butts in seats by that point. Yes, definitely. And there's another trailer I wanted to bring up. And it comes from A24. That's The Green Knight. A classic Arthurian fantasy tale. And this one stars Dave Patel, Alicia Vikander. And we have Joel Edgerton as well. Also, I see a few familiar faces here that I've seen in mm-hmm. other A24 films. Barry Keoghan? Keoghan? San Diegans. Um, <laughs> and for those that have watched the Falcon and Winter Soldier series, uh, Aaron Kellyman, she was the leader of the Flag Smashers. Wonder what kind of role she's going to be playing. But yeah, overall thoughts on this trailer. And is anyone familiar with the story? No, <laughs> neither am I. I was not, and I was. I kept asking myself, I was this based on a video game? Is this a book that's out there? 
Uh, but I am not familiar with this story at all. And you know what? I have to be honest with you. Just from watching the trailer, I feel like I'm still not very familiar with this story. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I don't. I just Neither don't. Neither do I. And I'm so excited. I, <laughs> the first trailer that they released last year, the year before, or whatever, I was like, dude, a, a fantasy movie with Dev Patel. This is going to be great already and then this trailer comes out there's a talking tree there's a talking fox <laughs> and he has to go on this cross-country journey and there's I, big people. i don't know what this i don't know what else this movie's gonna throw at us and i can't wait <laughs> this movie's gonna be so good i mean it's a24 and jackson i know that you're coming off of a lord of the rings high i'm sure you're hungry for more fantasy definitely content in your life and it's coming from A24s. And the same director who did A Ghost Story. Ooh, that's right. Yes, A Ghost Story. So David Lowry. Definitely a great relationship they have already. But yeah, going into the original story here, it's based off a verse. It's And it's called Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And pretty much I, I wasn't too familiar with the story. And when I found out it was based off this verse, I read it. And it's a little hard to read through <laughs> it's one of those very old story kind of shakespearean type where you have to read it a couple more times to get it uh but i love how the trailer how it kind of spells out the beginning of the story and it's pretty much this green knight which we see the tree beard as i like to call him uh comes and <laughs> challenges author's round table and says he who kills me i'll give them a year and a day and i have to i get to come back for a rematch and so we see uh, Gawain, played by Dev Patel, in the trailer, he takes that offer, beheads him, and says, okay, a year and a day, I will be back. And that's pretty much the beginning of the story. And we see other things like him going on his journey, uh, Dave Patel. But yeah, I mean, the visuals are great. There's so many different shots in this movie that are just spectacular, but I don't expect anything less from A24 and the director. Because for anyone who's seen a ghost story, that's a beautiful movie to look at. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I'm excited. I'm not hyped, but it's fantasy. <laughs> and I'll definitely be there to watch it in theaters. Why is a tree so angry at Arthur's round table? What did they do? You're going to have to watch the movie to find out. Deforestation? I'm not. I, I, I could not tell you. I don't know. I... I when it comes to this, I I saw the trailer twice. I have a big question mark over it. But okay, well that's good though. Doesn't that intrigue you to watch the movie though? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> are, are are fantasies your thing? Uh, are you? How do you feel about that? I genre? actually I actually love fantasies. Mm -hmm. But you know I don't know I don't know this one. It just left me wanting. I. When it comes to the fantasy, you got to hit me with the backstory. You know, you got to mm. hit me with a once upon a time, there was a legend of this. And I have yeah. to hear it in the preview. And that's a thing. I didn't. And so okay. now it's just a big question mark for me. I don't know. I, I thought the trailer left something to be wanton. Okay. It yeah. I, I guess the trailer me. just kind of just throws it at you and it's like, yeah. here's this. And it just doesn't really explain much, which to me, yeah. I love. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I didn't think about and that. And to the average common person, they're going to sit there mm -hmm. and they're going to watch it and they're not going to, they're not going to take the time to look it up and say, hmm, I wonder what this is about. Oh, it's based off this story. You know what? I'm going to check it out. now. 
The common person is going to do that. A common person is going to see a trailer and they're going to say, did it get me or not? And I don't feel like this trailer is. And I think it's a disservice. I, I'll definitely watch the movie, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that it's being set up for success. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'm very excited to kind of talk to you all about it when we do get to watch the movie. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I'll be there to watch it in the theater. I'm sure Jackson will be too. Opening night. Groot is mad at King Arthur. <laughs> 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 I yeah but I think A24 at this point they know their audience and at this point I think it's more of a trying to get those that are still aren't on board uh, I could definitely see the people that have seen a ghost story and just like say no it's not for me <laughs> this whole A24 thing isn't for me because a movie like a ghost story isn't for everybody no it is not and movies that come from A24 they're just people that aren't a fan and I totally get that. So maybe, yeah, it would have helped if they would have maybe spelled everything out a little bit more for the general audience. And I think maybe they got a little too comfortable with everyone being fascinated with movies like Lord of the Rings or shows like Game of Thrones to like automatically, oh, it's fantasy. I'm in. And maybe they kind of missed the mark when it came to the marketing on that. But it worked for me, though. Yeah, it doesn't take much for me, you know. I'm going to go watch Venom, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not everybody's into German art house pieces, but I love 90 minutes of somebody obsessing about their caribou, you know? So everybody's different. Yeah, we've all been there. Germans. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Careful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for Handful of Movie News. Now let's get into our movie review we are talking about army of the dead coming from Zack snyder he directed it produced it co-wrote it and shot it himself he shot it himself going back really quick to knives out and the correlation here both movies come from netflix and for those that are listening before friday before the 21st of may You won't find Army of the Dead on Netflix because Netflix and Cinemark made a, I would say, a historic deal between each other. So Cinemark struck a deal with Netflix and they are allowing a week window for them to show Army of the Dead, the first Netflix movie to be shown in theaters, a week before its streaming release. And I expect a lot more deals like this to come about. That's great for Cinemark because theaters like AMC and I think Regal Theaters, those big chains, you won't be able to watch Army of the Dead, only in Cinemark. So good on Cinemark, good on Netflix. I mean, Cinemark's getting with the times. They know that Netflix, which was weird, I would say. It was kind of surreal to witness the opening of Netflix on the big screen. How bizarre to see the Netflix logo up on a big theater screen. I thought I was back home for a bit. I was like, wait, (laughs) did I just teleport? You had to make sure you had your pants on. (laughs) Yeah, one of those things. (laughs) And then I'd be like, I was there and I'm looking around and I'm just there like, but oh wait, I'm drunk. No, but that could be at either place too. It was just very, very confusing. (laughs) But yes, so you will get to see Army of the Dead, a Netflix original film a week before it comes out on streaming services at a Cinemark theater. So I love this decision 
Cinemark is starting to get a little desperate. Let's not lie. Theaters are kind of in the crapper right now. So good deal for both Netflix and Cinemark. It's a win-win. I, I really don't see how either team loses on this. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Army of the Dead here. Let's get the synopsis real quick. After a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries takes the ultimate gamble by venturing into the quarantine zone ooh, for the greatest heist ever. And the cast leading the charge is Dave Bautista. Just talked about him. He's had a good couple of years or like the past what a come up this guy has been uh i i know him from his wrestle his pro wrestling days i yes, i've been sir. a i've had i've been the biggest fan of dave batista back in like the mid 2000s so it's just so great to see him where he is now in his career also we have ella pernell playing his daughter we have ana de la reguera she's from nacho libre Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, we have so many more here. And uh, Tig Notaro replacing, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Chris. Chris Delia. Yeah. <laughs> Which he was Chris deleted from the movie. <laughs> yeah, after his whole controversy on uh, S.A. Being a pedophile. Okay, yes. <laughs> there. Yeah, I don't know if you knew about that, Lori, but look out for that. Because no. I had, I had no, I completely forgot about this, but really quick behind the scenes. So they had to reshoot his entire everything that that guy was in they had to digitally remove him and reshoot almost the entire movie but with just her scenes i had no what's and the, his name uh chris delia chris delia he was a comedian and he was in season two of her he played a pedophile yeah how on the nose Oh my uh, god! But yeah, he was a comedian. He's had like multiple Comedy Central stand-ups. Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah, he had like a podcast wow. and a lot of stuff going. And the on. whole time, Tig Notaro was on screen. I was just thinking like this could have been Chris D'Elia, and I was thinking about her role in that whole. Which, lucky for the film, uh, she's off on her own for most of it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Say, okay, well let let's. Let's just talk about it. Already. Yeah, let's get into the movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to her. So do you think that they hired her because they have similar haircuts? Maybe. Mm. So like all of the shots from the back, like they could still use? Yeah, I would say so. You know what? I will say, let me just start off with the positives here. You have positives? I do, actually. You know what? I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to start off by saying I love the title. Army of the Dead. It's, I mean, Zack Snyder, I, I think he knows the type of director that he is. And it felt like he was actually having fun this time around. I've been very highly critical of his other movies, especially when it comes to the superhero movies. But I think it's appropriate for a zombie apocalypse to be to have a Zack Snyder come in and make this type of movie. He He's very expressive when it comes to the violence. Uh, I think this is like the least brooding and dark movie he's made. But I will say, Tignataro, I thought she was one of the best parts of this movie. It didn't click that she was recasted until the movie had ended. I completely forgot about that aspect of the movie. And I thought it was seamless the way they worked her into the movie. Mm -hmm. She was funny. She was kick-ass. I thought she was, she just nailed her role. And she made it her own. And I would not even want to see a version uh, with uh, the comedian guy. 
because I, I just loved her in this movie. And I think Dave Batista, he is again proving that he is a leading man, that he has yes. his range has grown as an actor. And I love him so much. And I think I appreciate him a lot more now after watching this movie. And I, I think, okay, really quick shout out to Raul Castillo. He was the internet guy. He was like an influencer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Shout out to him because I had no idea about this, but he was in also the last movie I watched in the theater, Wrath of Man. So he's oh. he's in both movies and he is from the Rio Grande Valley. That's right. He is like he lives in McAllen, which is like 30 minutes away from my hometown. So it's great to see a fellow Mexicano representing South Texas. So shout out to yeah. Raul Castillo. He's had a great year to work with Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham and also to work with a big talented cast that Zack Snyder provides in Army of the Dead. Positives for me, again, the cast. I, I love this cast. It's great. They have great chemistry. I think the flaws are the way some of them are written and I would have liked, a, I would have enjoyed more time with them interacting with each other. Which is hilarious because this is two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I do appreciate the how fun Zack Snyder had with the whole concept of zombies. With zombies and aliens, you can do so much with them. You can do anything with them, and it'll make sense. You know, aliens, they could either be just dumb visitors, or they could be your worst nightmare. With zombies, they could either be the slow, dumb, eat your brains, or they can have high intelligence and run... Faster than the speed of light. <laughs> and it would be totally fine. I mean, zombies and aliens and all these types of creatures, you could have so much fun with it. And especially in the genre of zombies, they've explored that all the way through. And I feel like here, it's Zack Snyder, again, having fun with the genre of zombies. Let me preface this by stating my stance on the zombie genre. Yeah, go for it. It should have been retired after season three of The Walking Dead. No. I, I don't... No, I've never been agree. a fan of zombies. I I don't get the fascination. I get that there have been good pieces of media with zombies, but overall, I think the genre has been... Like you said, they've done everything, and at this point, it, it's just a repeat of itself. Mm -hmm. Everything zombie doesn't fascinate me. I... I'm just sick of it. I've been sick of it since the early 2010s. Mm. And I've just never been a fan of the zombie genre. Uh, oh, well. So, yeah. Going into this, I was like, all right, it's a zombie movie. I'm going to have to deal with that. Uh, so I put that aside. But, yeah. Uh, I, I Yeah, the cast, uh, they did their best with what they had, uh, which was a less than stellar script. I think uh, the biggest detriment to this movie is it, is its script. It's not nearly as solid as it should be, which, again, it's a zombie movie, but I, you can do much better than what we were given. Hmm, okay. I didn't enjoy this movie. I thought it was gratuitous and ingenuous. Hmm. Every emotional moment that it tried to have, it just didn't feel like it, the movie meant it. It, it felt like... Like, okay, we have to have these or else people are going to be upset that the movie's just people killing zombies. So Zach throw these, throws these emotional scenes in. And to me, they didn't really work. 
because I got that he didn't mean any of it. Laurie, I'm sure you have a history with horror movies and zombie movies. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Jackson over here is saying? <laughs> I have to completely disagree with Jackson on the genre of the zombie movie being overkill. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> pun intended but the reason that the zombie genre is timeless and it will never there's always going to be a new take on it and i will tell you why the reason being because it quotes it in revelation that the dead will walk amongst the living and it's one of the signs of the apocalypse when i was i studied for years i was a ccd catholic catechism girl and I was in church and I was at Sunday school every single Sunday. And every summer I went to camp. Uh, and I will tell you that part of Revelations always stuck out to me. It is the reason why I think zombie films are so scary. Because when you read the Bible and it talks about the end of the world, it is one of the signs of the end that the dead will rise and they will walk amongst the living. And to this day, I'm always waiting for that zombie apocalypse because you know, and I, I love the twists and the takes they've taken on with all of it. Some of it comes from different things. We've had all sorts of theories about how it's going to be implemented into our society and how this is going to happen. And that little Catholic girl, you know, that inside of me comes out and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm always looking twice. And I'm going to tell you a funny story. It's so funny that we're talking about this because this must have been, oh my goodness, this must have been maybe two or three days ago. I was on the west side of my hometown of Bishop and I was driving and there was a man. No, 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 it wasn't in Bishop. It was in Kingsville. I was, I was going from the university towards HEB. That's right. I was driving and there was a man who was walking down the block. It was before I got to the train tracks and it looked like he had had some sort of, like he had probably had some surgery on his head. Hmm. And so Part of his head went down in a slant. So I don't know if it was a plate, but he was confused. He was walking down the street. His eyes were rolling back a little bit, but he seemed to be going down the street and to know where he was going. But he was screaming a little bit. And there was a man who stopped behind me and he was kind of looking. And then I think everybody was stopping to kind of look. I saw a police car stop. So they had the situation under control. But I will tell you, when I passed him, I thought he was a zombie. The <laughs> guy was having a bad day, Lori. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and here and you I thought, is like, it a zombie? <laughs> well, because. Oh, my I God. It's thinking, starting. It's happening. <laughs> exactly. I'm always waiting for that to happen. You know, when the whole bath salt incident came out and people were eating each other's faces, <laughs> I was just like, and here it is. That's <laughs> it. Everybody start drinking. I, for one, am not. Looking forward to the zombie apocalypse. But, Lori, you bring up a okay, good point. Okay, but you have, you have to answer a question, though. Okay. Wait, me or Jackson? You d or either one. Oh. Because I have not seen this movie. So, were were they fast zombies? Or were they, were they Night of the Living Dead slow zombies? Or were they Dawn of the Dead fast ravenous dogs from hell? Whatever the script needed at the moment, they were that. Okay, so... Yeah, okay, so Dawn of the Dead which is, I would say, a remake of the original Dawn of the Dead, kind of more of a yes. different take on the movie. But that comes from Zack Snyder as well. So you're mm. getting this exact same movie in a sense. I think it's a lot more fun. 
Laura, you bring up the fact that the zombie genre is so versatile. You can do so many things with it. Here, Zack Snyder made it into a heist movie as well and setting it in Vegas. And let me tell you, that opening scene when you have the breakout... In this world, there's only zombies in Las Vegas and they have contained Las Vegas. So the whole world is turning... But that op- let me tell you, the opening scene of how the zombie outbreak happens in Las Vegas, I thought it was so fun. It was so, like, it's in slow motion. You have the music going. It went on for so long, though. Yeah. Again, another Zack Snyderism. It's like, okay, we get it. Let's move on. But here, I didn't mind it. I thought it was so fun. I was like, oh, look, there- something I haven't seen. It- it's a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. And I thought it was beautifully shot. The music's going I, I was having a great time. I'll be honest, I didn't mind the runtime because I didn't feel it at times. I certainly did. <laughs> I guess I was just having so much fun. And Zack Snyder has so many different tropes. Like, yes, the zombies are what they need to be for the script. Like, for one instance, there's like a... It's like landmines, but for zombies. So, like, they're hibernating in these, like, small halls. And the group that goes into... Las Vegas has to maneuver around them because if they touch them, they all go crazy and they start biting. And that was, I I thought that was nail biting. It was intense. Uh, It it was fun. Like those little concepts are so fun. We haven't even gotten to like the main concept that Zack Snyder introduces into this movie. Okay. So apparently there are different factions of zombies within Las Vegas. Like they have adapted so much. So much time has passed to where the zombies have evolved and created their own tribes. And we get introduced to the queen zombie. And she's like an acrobat. She's like in this crown and she's all, she's very flexible and she wants a sacrifice every time you come in and she'll give you passage. There's a freaking zombie tiger. And then you find out there's a king. There's a king zombie. And guess what? Queen zombie's pregnant. We're going to get a zombie, baby, baby, until we don't. Um, (laughs) mm -hmm. It's never revealed that she's pregnant until he just, until, spoilers. Are are we going into spoilers yet? Is it Wayne Newton? Is the zombie king Wayne Newton? (laughs) Unfortunately not. Uh, Oh, tell me the zombie queen is Britney Spears. Uh, No, let's not go through uh, spoilers just yet. And when we get into it, we'll bring up the whole uh, king and queen zombie uh, Thing. thoughts on the cast i thought another standout to me i don't want to butcher his name so i'm only gonna say his uh, character name a uh, ludwig he is the uh safe cracker i thought he was great i uh, he was so annoying <laughs> I, really i hated this movie wow you loved it and i i hated I it i had fun with it i it's a it's i a am zombie totally movie. sold i want to watch it so bad just from you describing it dylan because i feel like i would love it yeah, I, I feel like you're going to be on his side with this one. Again, that's why I say at the end of every episode, all films are subjective and it's all about perspective. It's all about because, perspective. Jackson, you came into it not liking the zombie genre. And I know. Not liking Zack and Snyder. And not liking Zack Snyder. <laughs> every Zack Snyder film I go into, I kind of put away what I didn't like before and I go into it as a fresh, clean slate. Well, like, yeah, like, I, I didn't go into, like, oh, I'm go- I'm going to hate this movie. I'm like, I honestly don't know what to expect. Let's see what he throws at us. And from the get-go, I was, I, I was, I was into it. 
And then the title sequence just kept going on and on. And I was like, okay. And the more I saw, the more he gave us, I was just like, yeah, this isn't my thing. I just, and by the end, I just, I, I wanted it to be over. That I have, I have a litany of issues. Yeah. But yeah, I, I went in expecting a, a fun zombie movie and uh, I, I just couldn't stand it. This, for me, it further clarifies for me that Zack Snyder should be nowhere near a script. I think everything mm-hmm. else that he brings to the table as a filmmaker is top notch. You can't say he doesn't know how to pick and direct a good cast. You can't say that he doesn't know how to shoot a movie because he certainly does. Yeah, the visuals are great. I, I did like that. The colors are bright and fun. The cinematography, there were some... He had fun with it, and I appreciated that. He's a very visual director, and that's always been a strong suit. Even with Justice League and BVS and Man of Steel, he's a very visual director, and I do got to hand it to him in that category. The characters, I think the cast themselves and what they bring, I think that it saves a very... uh thin a script i would call it a thin script it just so happens to be long uh, when it comes to length i think that's it just a lot of pages in the script but when you go through it yeah it, it falls a little thin when it comes to character certainly story which i still think is a little bit creative but uh, very simple and i feel like with this type of movie it had to be it, it was very fun it was oceans 12 thrown into a zombie apocalypse and That's how I would pitch the movie, and I'm pretty sure Zack Snyder wanted to make that type of movie, and he did. And so I can only applaud him for it. I'm in. If you want to wait a little bit longer, it'll be out on Netflix, but I would encourage people to watch it in the theater. Especially if you're a fan of zombie movies, and especially if you're a fan of Zack Snyder. My point is, uh, it lets Netflix know that they should keep doing this. (laughs) They should keep releasing their movies in the theater. Yeah. If anything, I'm happy that I saw it in the theater, that I paid for a movie ticket to go see it in a theater for that very reason. To let Netflix know that I want more of this. Let Army of the Dead walk so Knives Out 2 and 3 can run. Please. Yes. Uh, So that's all I have to really say about the movie uh, before we get into spoilers. But here in the cinema show, how we rate our movies is we determine the ticket value. So you go to the box office and you could pay... From $1 to 10, 10 being the highest, 10 being the best movie you've ever seen. Jackson, we go by the corridor around here. So how much would you pay at the box office to watch Army of the Dead? I would not like to pay to see it again. (laughs) Oh, wow. Is that an option? I mean, you could donate the dollar to the theater itself that you're going to. I'll do that instead. Wow. Okay. A one? I don't want to watch this movie ever again. I, I saw it, and I was like, okay, I get it. I'm never going to revisit it. But I'm, you would rate I, it a I, 1 out of 10. I, I just didn't. I I ha- I personally, you know what? Give it $2 just for the cast. They can split it among themselves. <laughs> yes. Uh, just like the job. They could split millions of dollars uh, between themselves. And nobody's going to backstab each other, right? We have the zombies to worry about. Right? I would, like I said, I I enjoyed this movie, surprisingly. I didn't expect this type of movie from Zack Snyder. I didn't think it was going to be as much fun. And I I love the cast. I love the concept. And that's I think that's all you need for this type of movie. And I could see this movie being played around Halloween. You know, it, it's just a fun action, 
gory. Ooh, I love gore. I hate everything else about the horror genre because it scares the crap out of me, but I could watch gore all day. I would give it... You're sick. (laughs) I would give it a nice, crisp $8. Eight? I would give it an eight. Wow. I enjoyed it. If I was doing a zombie marathon, I think definitely this movie would be in there. Wow. It's not one of the best zombie movies, I don't think, but it's a very fun zombie movie. And that's all I ask. I feel like zombies are kind of overdone uh, sometimes. I think especially The Walking Dead kind of killed my interest a lot. Yep. That's why I um, said after season three. <laughs> but I think me jumping off of the show after around season three or four and taking that break allowed me to enjoy this movie a lot more. So yeah, I give it a nice eight. And for those who don't want to listen to spoilers, um, now's your time to get on out of here and come back after you watch the movie. And yeah, so spoiler warning. Here we go. Zombie sex, anybody? Yeah! I guess so. Well, actually, no, they don't show it. Um, (laughs) 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 There's a a potential zombie baby, which is pretty cool. I thought it was a cool concept. So the king comes and the queen's there. She's in her, you know, she's a zombie. Is Sexy it zombie. Elvis? <laughs> Is it Elvis? It would have been cool if it was, but no, he's that like a generic like. That would <laughs> that would have made me give the movie another dollar if the king zombie were fucking Elvis. Missed opportunity, I believe. <laughs> like, oh my god, Elvis is dead. <laughs> <laughs> And he's still the king. So the girl, I think she was like a showgirl before. Yeah. Because she's like in a showgirl garb and her little like headpiece. So it looks like a crown without the feathers. Uh, I thought it was great. And then you get introduced to the king, which he's like, looks like standard boss level zombie. He has like the long hair and he has like Tarzan looking uh, shorts. Yeah. So how the movie opens, uh, th- th- this king He's being transported by the military out in the middle from of Area the... 51. Mm, they don't say it like, you know, from you nowhere. It's like don't make okay. me say it. Yeah, like all right. <laughs> but yeah, they're transporting this zombie alien. The guy says like straight up it's an alien, but it's a zombie. They it... make it very like they they think it's like a high I don't know, they they're really vague with it, which is yeah. good. I I like that they didn't overexplain it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> and then, so they're transporting it to who knows where, and then this uh, couple who just got married in Vegas, the woman is like, thanks for making an honest woman out of me, and here's my thank you, and she starts giving him, and because it's so good, he start, uh, he starts swerving, and he crashes into the transport vehicle, which then explodes, so those people are just fucking dead, <laughs> and then the uh, thing pops open, and out comes this zombie alien, and he becomes the king of Las Vegas during this outbreak. But yeah, so the way it's explained that she is pregnant is he just like, he's like, roar, I'm, you know, I'm the king, I'm here, everybody screech and roar with me. Some dude uh, chops her head off, and then he carries her lifeless body to their headquarters, I guess. And it's everyone's crowding around like, oh, shit. Wait, wait, Queen's wait, hold dead. on. Before that, before that. King comes home, everyone's cheering, the zombies are like, hooray, he's here, or whatever. And then he puts his head to the queen's stomach, and... And he's instantly not attracted to her, and that's how we know she's pregnant. <laughs> no, he like, he, 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 like, does, like, a whole hooray, like, I'm gonna be a daddy. Oh. Oh, that's right, it's science fiction. Yeah. 
<laughs> Suspend your disbelief, Lori. <laughs> Zombies can have a happy ending, okay? Uh, and then later on, uh, the queen dies, thus the the baby dies. But this weird thing happens that the king kind of like rips the queen's stomach open, pulls out the fetus. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little blue, like hueish. Yeah, it's glowing blue, which uh, real quick, were some of them robots? Because no. there was one. Yeah. Can can you explain that? Well, I think that's where the alien part comes into play. So they're zombie alien robots, kind of, because not all of them are robots. No, n- none of them are robots. But like you, you see one of them, like they have, some of them have glowing blue eyes. And then there was one at the end of the movie when they're in the casino trying to get out. Uh, a bullet like shaves half of their face off and you see like this metallic thing. It's not a skull. It's like metal. No. Yeah. That's like they're like, I'm assuming that's like alien, like veiny glowy effect. They're, none of them are robots. There are no robots. <laughs> <laughs> there are alien zombies. I don't think you needed the alien part, the aspect. I in think it. it just complicates it. Yeah, a little bit. But I liked that there was a zombie, a potential zombie baby. I half expected him to just, while he was yeah. holding his unborn child in his hand, for him to just crush it in his hand oh. and like smear it on his face like war paint. I half expected that to happen, given everything else that had happened in this movie. I wanted to see, like, the complications. Like, I wanted, like, to start off, like, as hot zombie sex, but then I want to see, like, the complications you can get into. You know, yeah, then they start to get into some, like, foreplay stuff, and, you know, she, she's like, oh, I was so hungry, I'm sorry, I just bit it off while I was down there, you know? And I thought the zombies were the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I want to see a sitcom of the Queen and King, uh, where... She forgot to get milk, and he slams the fridge door, and it's like, hey, you know, I'm working hard. I'm the king of Las Vegas. Least you can do is get me some milk. The least you can do is get me some blood. Yeah. There you yes. go, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of cool tropes in here. The double crossing from the crew itself, because there's not only zombies you have to worry about, it's uh, a-holes. I know she was now a dead, like, uh, showgirl, but did she still have an yeah. eating disorder? Because then um, she would be like a zombie, but she wouldn't want to eat because you know she'd get fat. That would have been something to play with, and I this movie actually opens itself up for a sequel. Ooh, so we might see zombie Elvis after all. Okay, Lori, this is like a, a it's a pretty big spoiler, I would say. So there's a scene where okay, throughout this movie. The nerdy foreign uh, safe cracker guy, he uh, he builds this relationship with uh, one of the mercenaries, right? Mm-hmm. And at first, they don't like each other. And then throughout the movie, they kind of bond over uh, over time. And then at the end, there's a whole like, it's either you or me that have to die. And one of them sacrifices themselves to save the other. Which I thought their friendship came out of nowhere. To me, that was not developed. Like, all of a sudden... Saw guy who never you he okay this guy he has this power saw that he's using in the beginning of the movie the opening title he's using the saw he's chopping up these zombies which I thought was fun yeah whenever they're assembling the crew he goes out into the desert where he, he buried the saw and he picks it back up he's like you ready to play again or something like that and he doesn't use the saw throughout the entire rest of the movie so again missed opportunity there <laughs> and then yeah. okay so. 
at some point, whenever he gets thrown into the... At some point, he's bitten. Why wouldn't he have turned? It's revealed at the end of the movie that he has a bite on his arm. Why wouldn't if he had turned much sooner? Because he had to walk out of Las Vegas to that airport. You know, yeah. there's that whole thing. And how did he not die of radiation poisoning? Because they drop a fucking nuke on Las Vegas. He oh, comes yeah, out, and it's a nuclear wasteland. He should have been dead. Yeah, that's the big spoiler. So this whole thing, they're they're toying with nuking Las Vegas to take care of the whole zombie problem, which I thought was like, yeah, that's obvi- the obvious thing to do, right? And they get the safe open. There's billions of dollars. Yay, huge payday for everybody. But then the zombie boss comes in, and the Saw guy has to fight him. The nerdy foreign guy is scared, but he stands up for him when Saw guy gets beaten down. Then a safe cracker guy throws Saw guy into the safe and closes it. And I was like, is he going to stay there forever? Yeah. And then not even like him getting out into the nuclear wasteland. How did he get out of the safe? Yeah. So two things. When when that happened, I was like, okay, so he's going to die in the safe. Like instead of like just turning into a zombie, I think. Turning into a zombie is a lot more painless than starving to death in the dark. But anyways, I was like, oh, they nuked Vegas. It'd be so funny if like the only thing that's left is the safe. And then the guy comes out like a cartoon, like, you know know what I mean? And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happens. (laughs) And yeah, he, he, he's bitten. And you think this whole time I thought he was a good person. And I was like, oh, he's just going to kill himself now that he knows that he's a zombie. But he. Is he going to? They kind of leave that up in the air. It feels like whenever he discovered that in the plane that he was like, oh, shit, I'm bitten. Uh Uh-oh. That's how it felt. It didn't didn't feel like he knew, which, one, that should hurt. He got bit by a zombie. (laughs) And Dave Bautista turned in, like, five minutes, and he walked from Vegas to a fucking airport out of the middle. Where did he get there? So much with this whole sequel setup pisses me off because it makes no sense. I thought what pissed me off more was the subplot of the daughter going into Las Vegas because a bad mother left her children at a base camp to go to Vegas and search for some money. Mm-hmm. And then the daughter felt responsible. I was like, I have to find her to take bring her to her kids. I was and. Just be their mom now. Fuck that mom. She (laughs) left. You already confronted her about the situation, and she decided to go off and leave anyway. Fuck her. She's dead. Just be their mom now. And the mother ends up dying anyways. Yeah! (laughs) It was all for fucking nothing! Yeah, like, Dave Bautista would have survived with his daughter. And the pilot, the best character of the entire ensemble... They all would have lived happily ever after. But no. Yeah, like, the, the script isn't very uh, fine-tuned. and It's I think, not uh, very good. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a lot of screenwriters on this project. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, like, more, like just hearing y'all talk about it, I want to see it badly now. I think you're going to enjoy it just as much as Dylan did. No, yeah, you will. Can I just say that a huge shout out to Dave Bautista because I love it. Yes. There is nothing that I love more than seeing these positive stories come out of wrestling because, you know, I, I think just with anything else when it comes to, you know, professional sports, 
we see the good come with the bad. And I think um, whenever we see a wrestler who is able to uh, transfer into the world of Hollywood and acting and can make it work, um, I, I think The Rock Johnson was a great, you know, example of that. And Dave Bautista mm-hmm. is just picking that straight up. And I just love it because you see the longevity of it and you can see where these careers can go. And John Cena. Yeah, John Cena. And it reminded me back in the day because nowadays a lot more, a lot more wrestlers. I roll. I know. A lot I more think wrestlers. he's great. I liked him with Amy Schumer, but that was it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, back in the day you had Andre the Giant and you had uh, a lot of these wrestlers. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan came out. Yeah. You had a lot of these wrestlers coming out uh, that can ha- can go into Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. Yes, they live. John Carpenter. Yes, they live. So I love to see it because I love to see them having these careers after they retire because wrestling is not a career you can have your whole life. For a lot of these mm-hmm. wrestlers who try to make it their life, they've had a lot of complications that have come with it. We've seen some horror stories with Jake the Snake and, you know, all those other wrestlers. So, yeah, big props to uh, to Dave Bautista. Yeah, Dave Bautista has been working with some great, great filmmakers from he the really actors has. to the directors. I've always thought of pro wrestling even as a kid as like bodybuilders with great personality and some great acting chops because pro wrestling it is 50 percent athleticism and the other 50 percent is theater yes yeah and i think dave batista from what he's done in such a short amount of time from leaving pro wrestling to pursuing acting hot take maybe but i think he's done a lot more compared to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's just so remarkable to see the types of projects that Dave Batista has been choosing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Compared to The Rock. Because The Rock did a lot of like action movies. He's still doing them today. But Dave Batista's a little bit more calculated. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Even with his first one with Guardians. Yeah, and then Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. And then he's in Dune. And now Knives Out. And then this movie, you know? And even with this project, he's been... Choosing with this project, I, th- I feel like it was a very calculated, like you said earlier, it shows that he can be a leading man. And he did great with what he was given here. He, I, I thoroughly enjoyed his performance. Yeah. 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 I, all the love to Dave Bautista, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. Well, Lori, I'm sorry we spoiled a lot for you, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that you are going to go watch it now. Um, yes. Are you going to wait for it to come out on Netflix? I don't think so. I think I want to watch it in theaters. I love zombie movies. I love a good zombie movie. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on The Cinema Show. And you can let us know what you think. If you've seen Army of the Dead, if you enjoyed it, let us know. If you hate it, like Jackson over here, yeah, let us know too and why at our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cinema Show Live. Or maybe you just want a shout out. Either way, you're all part of the panel as much as we are, Jackson. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me and yell at me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML. And Lori. Hi. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, uh, Lori underscore Guajardo. You can find me on Facebook, Lori D. Hoffelmeyer. And you can find me uh, pretty much uh, in a theater near you watching Army of the Dead. <laughs> and you can follow me on my social media platforms. 
Nah, just follow me on Twitter at DylanMM5. That's right, D-Y-L-A-N-M-M-5. This, wait a minute. God darn it. We said he would get him last week, and we didn't get him for this week. Oh, no, yeah, Dario. Uh, How do we keep forgetting about Dario? Actually, you know what? I did it on purpose this time. And I'll tell you why. He just followed the Cinema Show Instagram page. Mm. I know I just pre- I just recently made it, and he probably had no idea I made it. <laughs> but I'm still a little bitter about it. I'm still a little bitter. So you know what, Dario? You had it coming, buddy. You had it coming. Maybe now that he follows the Instagram, now he'll be on the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you next time, Dario. Yeah. yeah. We'll hear his side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and Dario, of course, he... He's actually a zombie. He actually bit himself, and now he's a zombie. Just oh, for real this review. quick. At the end of the movie, they play zombie by the cranberries. <laughs> oh, yeah, they play zombie by the cranberries. The worst I fucking needle drop. That. I love that so much. Oh, but but it's a, like all these... There's a bunch of like poppy, famous songs, but they're mm-hmm. all covers. Mm-hmm. But they're all great covers. I enjoyed the covers. Zack cool Snyder loves his uh, moody covers of, of songs. And I didn't mind it this time around. But Dario, he is recovering. I think I think we'll get him back. I think he'll be the first zombie to actually come back. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard they're using stem cells or something, but he's going to be fine. Oh, the Christians aren't going to like our podcast anymore. <laughs> no, they're just not going to like Dario. <laughs> <laughs> but we love Dario, and we'll protect him at all costs because he... Zombies are people, too. Yeah. He composed our music, and we love him because he's just a great person, and mm-hmm. he loves Doritos. Speaking of Doritos, you can follow him on Twitter at Doritos, the name. This is The Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective, and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow.